Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue on and press on in the book of Acts. We're in the ninth chapter now. So let's just start with verse 1. First word is now, N-O-W, now. Well, what does that mean? That means that uh, Luke is pressing on with a narrative, okay? We've uh, heard of uh, Stephen. We've heard of Philip. He'd given accounts about them. And now he's picking up something that he spoke about earlier, and then he's going to spend a, um, a lot of time with this individual. Now, Saul, yes, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So that's the first two verses of Acts 9. So what's going on here? Remember, we saw that Saul was going from house to house in Jerusalem and arresting uh, folks who were believers, men and women, just putting them in, in prison. Well, now he's wanting to expand his reach, apparently. We also saw earlier that uh, because of the persecution that the believers were leaving Jerusalem. Okay, The apostles stayed behind, but a lot of the believers, if not most, uh, fled. So now Saul is wanting to go to the synagogues, notice plural, the teaching houses, the synagogues at Damascus. But he wanted letters from the high priest. He wanted official approval, official documentation to go to these synagogues so that if he found any belonging to the way, and when I'm looking at it right now, way is capitalized. That's what they called what we call Christianity now. They called it the way. Remember, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, the life. <laughs> and if you believe that Jesus was the Christ, if you believe that he was the Messiah, you were part of the way. Not a bad name. As you can imagine, it has been perverted through the years. Even in our day and time, there's a cult that's actually called that. Looks really, really, really good. Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. Until you actually get in there and you find out that it's... Uh, not really the right way, shall we say. So he's asking for letters. And it's, the idea is it's not so much he's asking for permission, though that may be an element of it. But, I mean, he was doing the dirty work of the high priest and of the religious rulers at that time. So he wanted these letters to where if he found anybody, he could deal with them. He could bind them. Okay? He could arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. This would be his power and his authority whereby to do it. Verse 3 says, as he was traveling, so the assumption is what? That he had the letters. Yeah, that he received these letters, that he received this permission, that by the power and in the name of the high priest and Judaism, that he would be allowed to go into the synagogues. If he found anybody of the way in the synagogues, then he could find them and bring them to Jerusalem. And don't you know that he planned on going beyond that? Not just if they were in synagogues, but if people in the synagogues knew of anybody in this way, that they were to point them out, that kind of thing. So verse 3, as he was traveling, and I love this phrase, it happened that he was approaching Damascus. It happened. 
Well, that's where he was going. He was headed that way. <laughs> it, just, it sounds like, oh, it's just by happenstance I'm going to Damascus. No, he's going that way. So he's traveling, and it happened as he was approaching Damascus. So that, the idea behind this is that it was at this point in time, okay? Right now, something's about to occur, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. So he's going along, he's traveling, and a light from heaven just flashes all around him. And he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So what is this light flashing all the way around? Well, we don't know. We just know it's a light from heaven that flashed. Well, is it light from heaven within the atmosphere like a lightning boat? Well, if you've ever had a lightning boat hit close to you, uh, you know that that will send you to the ground just as a reaction. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. Um, but something happened here. I think it's a light from heaven, from the very power and presence of the Lord. Why is that? Because the Lord was speaking. Okay? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's what the voice said. Verse 5. And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? That's interesting, is it not? That Saul says, who are you, Lord? Saul is not the kind of guy to go around calling everybody Lord. Now, the word can be translated several ways. It's translated Lord primarily. I'm looking at it right now like more than uh, 600 times. Okay, It's curious. And it actually carries the idea of Lord, Master, Authority. Okay, It's translated as Lord. It's translated as Master. Uh, as Owner a few times and as Sir a dozen times or so. In other words, you could say, well, who are you, sir? But I think that uh, Saul was saying far more than that because he had just been dropped to the ground by a flash of light. He heard a voice demanding and calling him by name. Don't miss that. Calling him by name, Saul, Saul, and wanting to know why he was persecuting me. And he says, Saul says, who are you, Lord? Now, think a second. Would Saul not have known who he was persecuting? Everything he was doing, he was doing in the name of Judaism, but he was attacking Jesus. He knew that he was going after those who believed in Jesus. Now he's got this flash. He's been knocked down. He can't see as we're about to see in a moment. He hears his name, Saul, Saul twice. Okay, probably with a, uh, a tinge of uh, fatherly empathy here. Why are you persecuting me? And he says, Lord, who are you? I think he asked a question more from the perspective of affirmation and confirmation. And that's the reason he said, Lord. Because it's at this moment in time that Saul realized, wait a minute, Jesus is real. Jesus is the Christ. I think this is the point in time that he's saved that he believes, realizes that he's wrong because the Lord is going, Saul, Saul, and asking, why are you persecuting me? And he actually calls him Lord. Lord. And I think it's from the point of view of authority, of power, of Savior. And he, the voice, Jesus, said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. Can you imagine... <laughs> 
Look how Jesus handled this. We've already seen this. We've seen it in the Gospels. We've seen it in the Acts. That when the Lord corrects, when he does something like this, he immediately presses on with what uh, uh, the calling is. He says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. I'm the one you're persecuting. And then he gets totally shifts. But now, get up and enter the city. And it will be told you what you must do. What must he do? He must get up. What did Stephen have to, Philip have to do? Had to get up. Remember that? Yeah, had to go. He got up and he go. So, verse 7, the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but not seeing anybody. Uh, that hearing the voice, they heard the sound. It literally means they heard the sound. They could have heard the voice. They could have heard the sound. They probably heard the sound of the voice, but didn't understand what was being said. Okay, that's probably the idea that's being carried right here. So the last two verses. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. Literally means this. Though his eyes were open, he was seeing nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drink, or drank or drink. What did he do? He did what the Lord said. He got up. He went. He went into the city. Well, what was next? He didn't know. He waited. How long do you wait until it's revealed what you're to do next? Because Jesus said, you'll be told what you must do. Three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. He was fasting. That's interesting, isn't it? We'll pick it up the next time. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. I'll see you then. Goodbye.